Tobes, remember how last week we were telling everybody that this season we're doing things a bit different and we're gonna have some really interesting guests, like industry folk. I do, Mez, I do, and guess what? Oh my god, what? We are about to listen to our first guest ever, which is pretty exciting. Just to say, though, we recorded this some time ago, actually, before the second lockdown. I yeah, think it, was. it was well before the second lockdown. Yeah, so we are speaking to James Day, who's a renowned wedding photographer. Yeah, there's a few things in here which may sound a little old. Still relevant. <laughs> still relevant, still very relevant. It was a great chat. Thanks again to James. Let's get straight into it and have a listen to James Day. Today in the studio, we have James Day. He is one of Australia's leading wedding photographers. He has a heart for adventure. He's a true romantic. James brings to his clients an all-encompassing heartfelt photographic experience that people will treasure forever. Oh my God. Welcome, James. Welcome, James. Thank you. Can I actually steal that from my website? Because <laughs> it's funny. People ask me like, oh, so what's your style? You know, what do you do? Yeah. That actually That's is probably pretty... better than anything I could write. Well, I nailed it. Yeah, look, thanks, guys. Thanks. What do I owe you for that? A career I'm in copywriting for me. Yeah. <laughs> I have been told that I, I do make a good copywriter, but I know I went to your website and I just saw you had a great quote on there, which was, I'm a photographer with a heart for adventurous people. And I think just from like knowing your work from over the years, I really think that does sum you up. But how do you sum up you and your work? Like if you wanted to give us your elevator pitch, what is it? I have no idea. <laughs> it's funny because as I said, like clients will ask me, you know, oh, what's your style? What do you do? Whatever. And I'm like... You didn't look at my photos. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, how did you seriously? Find like, why don't are we talking if oh, you I haven't don't. seen my work? Because I don't, I really don't know how to sum it up. Mm. I mean, for me, I always tell people, look at my images and you tell me what they say to you. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's kind of what I do. And, and what I do from week to week changes because the people who are in front of my camera change. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. So, it is interesting. Uh, yeah. And it, it, at the start, it, kind of made me feel like a crap photographer because I felt like, I was like, what's my style? I don't know what my style is. And then I was speaking at, speaking at a conference in Melbourne and my good mate, uh, Matt, was sort of the compare of the thing or whatever. The, you know, he was MC. MC, the MC yeah. thank yeah. you. Not compare. Yeah, compare. <laughs> he was, yeah. Whatever. He was the MC. And, and I remember he was just like, you know, Basically, he made me feel good about the fact that I was a bit of a slashy. I kind of... A slashy. <laughs> well, I could kind of do everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I have a little bit of of everything that makes up my wedding photography style. And yeah. Kind of makes sense because, you know, from where I started, mm-hmm. I kind of had... I was shooting... Um, well, I was photographing school photos. I was... Oh, my God. Is that where you got your was photographic style? One of the things. Wow. So, I was doing a whole bunch of stuff all at once. I was mm-hmm. working for the local newspaper. Yeah. And this is in Armidale. And when you work for a little regional newspaper, you mm. end up photographing 10 different genres in 10 minutes. Yeah. And so, you kind of become the slashy. You know, yeah. you're, you're kind of doing everything. Yeah. And so... I brought that into wedding photography and, you know, there's a lot of people, they're like, I'm an editorial wedding photographer, I'm a documentary wedding photographer, whatever. And I'm like, 
really? What about all the other stuff you got to shoot in the day? Yeah. Because you're a bit of everything. Oh, my God. A thousand percent. And, like, we have said to each other so many times on this podcast that, number one, the hardest working people in this industry are wedding photographers. Like, hands down. Like, you don't even say anything (laughs) because don't deny it. You're the most. hundred percent. And you have to know how to shoot everything any type of anything whether it's documentary whether it's like macro photography getting like beautiful rings this that whatever intimate portrait photography you have to be able to direct people you have to be able to you know you have to be a really good timekeeper too like you just have to be able to shoot everything and anything and how like when you when you meet a client for the first time how much of what you end up doing is driven by their own personal preferences is that something that's quite difficult to sort of balance with what you see as the best approach as well? Yeah, so I spend a bit of time with my couples getting to know them um, and to flesh that out a little bit. Like, say, for example, last night I had a Skype call with a, a new client who have just booked in, mm-hmm. which is great. It's nice to book, to book jobs at this time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In the middle of COVID. Well done. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness I can eat today. Um, but, you know, we spent, I think, just under two hours chatting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is a reasonable a amount time. of time no, for someone good. who yeah. hasn't paid you any money at that point. Yeah. You're just chatting, right? Yeah. Um, so we spend a whole bunch of time there. There's all these questionnaires that go out. We catch up again a couple of times before the wedding. So I get to know them and, and, and I guess who they are. Mm. So what are, you, what, what are you looking for in that chat specifically? I think the, the main thing I'm looking for isn't necessarily information. It's to drive us towards that comfort. That if you had a friend who was photographing your wedding, that you would have that, okay? And that's why I always say, I mean, you would have heard a thousand photographers say this, but you know that we're like, we want to turn up like an old friend with a fancy camera. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right? But so it's not necessarily, it's like, oh, I've finally found the missing piece. It's just like, cool, we're comfortable. So you can just be real. That's interesting. I can be my normal self. Mm -hmm. Mm. I don't feel like I've got to put on a show. Mm. Mm. So when I I turn up to shoot your wedding... You'll get better pictures. There's no surprises. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you're building a level of intimacy before the day. Yeah, and I think it's quite simple. I don't think there's any real science to it. It's just getting mm. to know each other. Yeah, yeah. And is that something that you've have you always been interested in people and and, and that sort of stuff? You you mentioned before about you know working on a local newspaper. I worked on a local newspaper as a journalist many many eons ago and it's some of the stories you get are, are hilarious. Some of them are quite serious, so but you just get all sorts of weird shit that just comes your yeah. way one minute and you, and like like you said you have to flip flop and adjust and yeah. do all sorts of different things so is that did that sort of build into you that that kind of appreciation for people and personalities and and searching for those little those little special moments yeah for sure i think potentially what was more a driving force behind that was my childhood okay without right. without going into the full big story i grew <laughs> up with a dying dad basically so he right. passed away when i was 14 okay oh, gosh. but the whole time that I knew him, mm. he was dying. He was basically. ill. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. And so it really made me cherish the moments that we spend with people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and then he was a keen photographer. And so when he passed away, I inherited all his camera gear and <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to continue on. The on legacy. This, this legacy. Great. Exactly. Oh, my and gosh. And so I think for me, it's not, it's not necessarily like an as simple as an interest in people. Yeah. Um, it's more just a, an interest in honoring the moments that people experience. So I, 
I had an interesting experience a few years ago when I was photographing. Um, I, was, I was actually on my way to photograph a dying baby, oh which was gosh. the most traumatic oh my thing anyone Is I that with Heartfelt? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. I'm, not, I'm not involved with Heartfelt. Okay. I don't know if I could handle it, to be honest. Right, sure. Yeah. But yeah. I actually ended up on the drive there having a chat with, I think his name's Gavin Blue, mm-hmm. the, guy who's the, mm. the guy who runs yeah. Heartfelt and a yeah. few other people who were involved in Heartfelt. And I was like, what do I do? I have yeah. no idea. Like everything yeah, wow, I do, I photograph um, joy. Yes. Generally, that's a, you know it's a big, big thing behind it. But I was like, what do I do? And I kind of needed something to anchor me in, kind of what I was looking for and when to press the button. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just had this this thought that just went through my head over and over and over again. And it was just. I photographed to, to remind people of the love that exists in their life. Oh my wow, god! And that's and that and so basically, whenever I saw love expressed, I would capture it. That of was course. It. And, it, and I realized as well in that moment that I wasn't just a photographer. It wasn't just when I clicked the button. It was when I went, "Hey, there's something here that needs to be recorded." Yes. So I I was also frantically writing notes of the things that I heard people saying, so oh. that then I could also help remind them of the beautiful things that were shared in those moments as they said goodbye to their baby. That's amazing. So, and I think that just comes from, yeah, having, growing up, knowing that potentially that the moments that I was having with my dad were going to be the last. Like, you know, when I went to school, I was like, potentially dad will die today and I don't know. So we have to really make this special and and remember these things. So, But what an an amazing foundation for you to build your life upon as a human being. I mean, very tragic to lose your dad so young. But I guess, like, the gift that it gave you, in a way, is this innate human ability to connect with people and yearn to tell their story for them. Yeah, and I don't think it's something that I've necessarily just been naturally good at. It's just something that I've been fascinated with and wanted to help other people do better. Like, as in, I wanted to help them experience moments deeper so for example when i'm photographing a family and mm. i mentioned that because i've been photographing more families in the last yes month, of course while You've weddings got to have pivot. been sort of off, yes. off yeah. the cards right yeah um like i want to encourage um the people to connect in mm. those moments mm. and so i'll ask a lot of questions and and it's funny because it actually then makes me more interested because i'm finding out more about them and, and, you know, I can kind of mm-hmm. then every every time I ask a question, I'm then able to help guide them into a deeper experience sure. with their family. Uh-huh. Um, right. Anyway, so so when you're with your couples, I'm sensing that, that that's what you're doing. You're guiding them. You're talking to them the whole time. You're using that prior knowledge that you've had with them through the meetings, the questionnaires. And so, like, what would you typically, like, what would you sound like? What are some of the things you say to people? When I'm photographing, yeah. Them? Okay. Do you have a <clears throat> Do you have a voice? Like, do you? I'm sure you do. I do. Like a phone. No, voice. Oh, I have. Really? What? Yes, and no. like. Okay. So I don't have a voice, but I recognise that the voice and the body language that I portray mm-hmm. in the setup for whatever it is, <clears throat> for mm. whatever it is that I'm looking for, mm. will then mo- more likely be mimicked by them in their response. Okay. Right. So if I'm looking for a big crazy moment, <laughs> then I'm going to be moving my arms around and my voice is going to yes. be like this. Yeah. But if I'm looking for them to connect 
bit more intimate. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna get closer to them, not yes. within one and a half meters, of course. <laughs> yes, yeah, of course. Um, of, the yes, of course. Um, but I'm gonna get closer. I'm more likely, you know, to put my hand on their arm or mm. something mm. while I'm talking to them, and look at them in the eyes and mm. connect with them. Yeah. Because I'm kind of saying, hey, guys, here is permission for you to do the same. Yeah. And now what I would like to encourage you to do is X, whatever that might yes. be, the thousands of random things that my brain makes up. Yeah. That's really interesting because it's almost like mirroring, but it's yeah. also like giving them that space and comfort to say, hey, like you can show your true selves here yeah. in front of this big camera it's almost, lens. It's almost primal in a way, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's interesting. Because I like I do that. I, when I photograph people, I do the same thing. I show them what I want. Like I'll get there and I'll like hug the person. I'll be like, I want you to do this. And I have a weird voice. I'm like, and you're right. You, If you want them to be quiet, you go quiet. And if you want them to be crazy, you go crazy. Yeah. You're like you're like a director. Yeah, a little bit. Really? Sometimes. And and that's mm. the thing. So, And with this whole idea of um, there being lots of genres, sometimes you've got to be the ninja and you've got to yes. stay out of the way and shut up. Okay. And that's where I try not to lean too much into, hey, this is my style. Yeah, my right. style is not asking questions. My style is to go... Well, to ask them a question, what do these people need from me right now? Yes. Sometimes it's to get in there and direct and basically tell people what to do mm-hmm. and to force people into place. Yes. For example, if they need a, that. a big group shot. Yeah. 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 And people are like, yeah. they're looking to you to go, hey, get everyone together, yeah. make this look pleasing and then distract them by doing something that will break that scene so that there's life in it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why to go back to your very you know original question ages ago, What's my style? Whatever they need it to be. Yeah, yeah. great. Good answer. Good no, answer. that is a great answer. And that kind of can lead into another question that I had in my mind for you is that how much of what you do is based on you as a person and your ability to connect with people rather than the camera you're holding and your ability with the camera? Like what is more important in that moment? Not saying that, say, you're not saying that either is not important, Mm. but what for you makes you the photographer you are? Is it your sensibility as a human, not necessarily the artistic intention? It's a brilliant question. And (laughs) where my brain is going with this is that I think it's incredibly important to be proficient with your camera gear. Mm -hmm. And to, to have great gear that you know has your back yep. and that can be an extension of your hand, all of these things that people say. And you need to have control over that so that you mm. can pretty much go, cool, that's under control and I can give you all my attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Not I need to give the camera all of this attention because yes. this camera is amazing and look what <laughs> yeah, it yeah, can yeah. do. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, this, this thing will do what I want it to do, mm. but what's more important is what's happening in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. So... I don't know if that kind of answers your question. No, it does. I, I guess what you're saying is like having the experience and the technical nous to have it as a second nature thing with the camera yeah. puts it to the side so then you can then focus squarely on that ability to connect. Because I don't know, I think that if you're photographing people, if you don't have, if you can't connect with hum- other humans, I don't know if you're any good at it. Mm. I don't know. Can you be a shy wedding photographer? Yes. Can you be sh- you can't, really? You think so? I think you can because mm. I think you would lean more into some, you know, certain genres yeah. of, of, you know, within the nine or 10 genres that make up wedding photography, you right. would lean further into those things. Mm. And also it could open up interesting possibilities. So for example, I'm not a shy wedding photographer, mm-hmm. 
but it means that I'm more likely to come in and get involved. And I will, and I don't think in a negative way, I'm sure there has been experiences where it has been negative, but I'm going to have more of me in the photos than someone who's more shy and just is like, you do your thing. And they're more likely to default more to the documentary sort of angle stuff. Yeah. And they're better off leaning into that than trying to pretend that they're a great, you know, editorial photographer where they're going to tell everyone what to do and, you know, control everything (laughs) kind of thing. So I think there is a place for that. Mm, I don't think, I don't think it's just that someone should, if you're this, then you'll be a great wedding photographer. Yeah, right. I think it's just knowing where, you know, Mm. who you are Mm. and then leaning into the possibilities there. So for example, if you were the shy photographer, you might take absolutely beautiful moments of just those split second things Mm. because all of the attention was elsewhere. You didn't want it on you ever. Mm. So you would capture things that most people wouldn't have seen. Mm. Interesting. So there's, there's opportunities there. Yeah. Yeah, And I guess like, you know, you attract the type of clients that are going to want that type of photography Mm. for sure. Definitely. And so is that something that's, have you ever had moments where, you know, you've met with a potential client and you're just realizing that this is not the right fit. Like I'm not the right fit for you and your personality and what you want. Like, does that happen often or, or rarely? It does. Um, and I don't say that proudly. I, I think that it's probably got more to do with my failings than theirs. When I feel like we're not a great fit. Um, if I've struggled to, if I've struggled to connect or if I've placed limitations on them because of misconceptions I have and it's yeah it's usually my failing so I'm I've got one particular couple in mind where I met them and I I didn't appreciate their the things that they were into right but I think a better version of me would have yeah okay and so the version of me that met them whenever that was a couple of years ago now mm-hmm. um like I denied the job like I said I'm not gonna be the best fit for you but I think a better version of me would have. That's interesting. So do you feel like you have to be everything to everyone? That's a bit deep, sorry. <laughs> um, In that sense, like, could it just be that that your personalities just don't mesh? That the yeah, vibe's not there? Yeah. But I feel like those people are capable of being loved and are capable of being seen and experienced in a really positive light by people in their lives. Mm-hmm. So that means it's possible. Mm. It, right. And so they've. That's where it comes back to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. This um, is extremely personal. Yes. So I would say these days, as I realize that more and more, um, I'm less likely to not want to photograph something or, you know, mm. to, to not take on a job. Um, it might just involve more growth for me. Yeah. To be able to do that you job see it justice as a learning opportunity and a chance for growth, growth rather than saying, "Okay, you can go find someone else." Yeah, I mean, I think certainly there's times though when stylistically they're looking for something else. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like if you look at it from that perspective, and I can sort of say, and and by asking the right questions, mm. I can sort of go, "Oh, I could." And I've I've done this before where I've said, "Guys, you know, selfishly, I could I could take your money and do this job, <laughs> but." I feel like what you're telling me you're actually looking for, my friend probably does better than I do. Right. So I, I so feel like you'd be better off going there. But um, yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's really so, interesting to, and I guess like you're coming from a place of, um, just from chatting with you now, um, of wanting them to have the best experience, and you kind of realizing, oh, maybe like this style is not necessarily me, because mm, mm. you're yeah. not ever going to try and shoot a different style, right? No, well, I'm I'm going to try and match their style, right? Right. That's that's always what I'm about because I feel like the photos need to be relevant yep. to the people. Yeah. And if I just come in and put my stamp on everything, mm-hmm. if that's not their stamp, mm-hmm. then what's the point? Then yeah. the photos are of you and not them. Very true. Yeah, yeah. They're a reflection of, of I guess, what I see is important, which sometimes, you know, a lot of the time that's going to match up anyway. Yeah. Because we're all course. similar yeah. anyway. You talked a little bit about your early experience in, in photography. When did weddings and wedding photography start to become a thing for you? And, and, and did you sort of, was there a moment in your early career where you thought okay that's this is the path I'm going to go down and and what were the reasons behind that Mm. if any the plan was never to become a wedding photographer (laughs) um simply because there was just so much pressure on photographing weddings that I'm not good enough I can't do that yeah um we've all been there yeah (laughs) hardest job in the world and then I was asked to photograph a wedding for the studio that I was working for at the time I worked for this little studio in little old Armadale and I was doing school photos and different things for them. And my daily pay was going to be double if I went and shot a wedding. <laughs> and I was yes. like 18. Suddenly and I'm it's like, more attractive. Oh, you're fresh. Yeah. And I was, I was just like, double the Damn. Go. I don't care. I'll s- whatever for this double, you know, I think it was $300 as opposed to $150. Um, so I got paid $300 to shoot this wedding. And I stuffed it royally. Right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Like, I, at the time, I would have thought I did a good job. But looking back, oh, it was okay. horrendous. Yeah, hindsight's um, a lovely thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I lost my job the next day. Oh, so I, I went into the studio, handed wait, over my files. Wait, no, no, no. Wait, whoa, as a result whoa, whoa. Of, as back a result, it up. As, as a result of what you shot? Yeah, as a result of what I shot. So, I so took, they fired you? Yeah, I lost my job. <gasps> I, like, got no more studio jobs. Like, when it came to no more school photos, no nothing, because they just didn't like the style of work. Wow. Um, so the, the guy I worked for was one of the most lovely guys. Yeah. But he had a, definitely a very different idea of what wedding photography should look like. Right. Everything should have been at F8, everything in focus, oh that kind God. of deal. Oh, and on I'm my dying. very yeah. first wedding at 18 in what would it have been 2002, 2003, I was shooting off-camera flash mm. with F1.2 lenses. <laughs> Like, oh, you know, okay. I was just like, I went in it like, yeah, yeah I'm like, let's, let's just go all in. Yeah. You know? um, Which is so the style now. You were ahead of your time. <laughs> Absolutely you were. Well, I didn't, I didn't say I did it well. <laughs> <laughs> but the seed was there. Yeah. Um, the seed was there. So yeah, I lost my job. And then a, a few people obviously saw the photos and went, hey, they're not too bad. And people started asking me to shoot weddings. That's cool. And I started charging. I think it was five hundred bucks. And how? But how did? Oh. How was your confidence after getting fired from? <laughs> you know, didn't you? Did you not think to yourself, "Well, I've just been told I'm shit at shooting weddings. Like, why should I do this?" Well, I guess I'm just stupid. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no I think at the time I was I was kind of happy to photograph anything. Mm. And when it was just the new challenge, I guess. Yeah. Like, okay. let's. You know, 
at the time. Like Young even, and reckless. Yeah, and I think there was a little bit of that cockiness of yeah, like... Yeah, dude, right, 18. I'm yeah. better than that. You know? I'm going to yeah. prove this guy wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll show you. And didn't remember, you just? I think was, you may have shown him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, yeah. Then the next step was, I remember the guy who owned the studio would always rave about a certain photographer as being their kind of like inspiration. Right. So I went to that <laughs> photographer who lived in Melbourne and was like, train me, make me as no way. good as Damn. you can. Wow. So That's initiative. His name was Simon James and still is Simon James. Yeah. Um, <laughs> changed his name. Hasn't changed it. Hasn't changed it. Hasn't Actually, changed it. He, well, he did at one point. His, his original name was Simon Younger, but Simon James sounded better for business. <laughs> it does. So, that is a good business name. So he's become a really good friend. He photographed my wedding. But oh, he wow. gave me the confidence and the skills um, to kind of go, and, and I think because I'd been spending this time in, in this like fancy, fancy studio with mm. one of the most mm. in-demand wedding photographers in the country, mm. his confidence kind of rubbed off onto me. Yeah, right. And I thought that I knew everything, even though it was just that I was surrounded by someone who knew yeah. everything. Yeah. So I went, all right, at 19, this point, I was like, I'm going to go full-time wedding photography. So do you pack up and move to Melbourne or you just go suss this guy out? It was a few weeks yeah. where I lived in his studio. I literally slept on the couch and just... He's a nice guy to let you do that. Are you still he, friends? He, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's still the guy I call when, if I have anything that, you know, any situation, I'm like, hey, yeah. Simon. So he was like a mentor in a way. Absolutely. Mm. And he's been doing it for so long mm. that there's nothing that he hasn't. Sort of come across come and across, so. yeah right. so was it his it, was it his like the man himself that kind of made you think you know what this is going to be this is what i want to do now this is definitely where i want to go yeah yes and in some regards this is where i don't want to go so one of the <laughs> wonderful things about having a mentor who was so far ahead of where i was at was mm-hmm. he was able to go see these good bits they're great, but they've come at the expense of these things in my life. Okay. Don't be like me. Okay. Like there would be so many things where he'd say, don't do this. Don't copy this thing. Right. Um, because it had um, it, like family life, personal life. Yeah, right. Took oh, the toll. okay. Yeah. Because of the level of success that he had. Okay. Yeah. So as a result, I've always kind of held back a bit. Right. Like I, I could do so much more. Yeah. Like, what are you shooting each year? Okay. So, if we're talking about just the, the amounts of shoots I do, yeah. that's I don't hold back on that so much. Right. But it's more about, um, I say no to a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. um, and I don't try and do everything myself. So, right. to answer your question, I shoot, well, this year was meant to be 50 weddings. It's okay. going to end up Jeez. different next year. Of course, like yeah. Next year will be like 3,000 weddings or yeah, something to eight, make up for it'll it. It'll be 8 million, <laughs> yeah. 8 million weddings. Yeah. Yeah. 50 is a lot. Yeah. Um, but I outsource a lot. Okay. So I have help in every regard. So from writing emails to designing okay. albums to right. okay. accounts to editing, I have editors yep. who do all my editing. Right. Okay. Um, That's good though. If you can outsource, do it. Mm. Oh my God, yes. Otherwise you'll never see your family ever. Yeah. <laughs> So I have a reasonably good balanced lifestyle. I think the one, oh, the one challenge is the weekends, right. the, being away so so many weekends. Mm. And I've only realised now, I'm only really realising now how many sort of social events I was missing out on. Mm. Right. Mm. So. Yeah. And you you shoot internationally as well. You say I try right? not to. Let's say you, you someone in the states comes to you and says, "Oh my God, I've seen your stuff and." I really want you to shoot my wedding. Does that still surprise you or, or not really? That they wouldn't go for somebody that's closer to home? Yeah, they're probably a bit silly. They'd be better <laughs> photographer down the street, no doubt. Um, look, 
firstly, I try not to, to do too many. Mm-hmm. The occasional one that lines up with another plan that we'd had, yeah. you know, like we're meant to be, I'm literally, I'm meant to be probably today meant to be in Santorini in Greece to shoot a wedding. Oh, um, damn. Damn you, COVID. Because there was a wedding on the 7th of July mm. that I was going to go over there early for. Mm. Um, and we were, so that one came about when we were in Greece and just coincidence Someone was like, hey, would you ever go to Greece to shoot a wedding? Oh, right. I'm like, yes. I was in Greece on a holiday um, and I'm like, just here, yeah. I love this place. I want to come back. So that was like, yeah, why don't yeah. we do that one? Because yeah. we were absolutely loving yeah. um, our time there. Okay. Um, but they don't work so well. So like the occasional oh. one is good. Hmm. For business, it's crap. <laughs> right. Just being yeah. completely yeah, honest, guess. which I know. Yeah, you'll make no money out of that, be. right? Yeah. Yeah. So you've, you've kind of got to do it where... Like, for the love and yeah. for for the experience and for a bit of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who I know who have probably been affected the most with COVID um, as wedding photographers have been the destination guys. Right. Okay. Of course. And also, they can't travel anymore. Yeah. yeah. And lifestyle wise um, and finances wise, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, yeah. especially to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But like there would be some people who they'd lap that up and it would, but I think for a lot of people, this desire to be a destination wedding photographer um, is there. But the realities are mm. that there's just so much stress involved. <laughs> and honestly, like just traveling is not good for you. Yeah, we're a long well, yeah. way away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's really interesting. And I always kind of wonder about like how much of that desire to be a destination wedding photographer is more about them and themselves and so you look cool do you being able to say I'm a destination shoot overseas yes the people who can nail a local market Mm. and be the premier photographer Mm. for that region Mm. I think they've got it sussed yeah I'd say you've got it sussed (laughs) like (laughs) no seriously because when I I don't know I'm, I'm not a wedding photographer I don't do it But I look at a lot of wedding photographers because I, especially, you know, ones that are deeply based in storytelling, like I think you are, um, for inspiration, which is really weird Mm. because, like, I'm not shooting weddings. I'm not a wedding photographer, but I do look to, you you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I just think that where you sit in this market of Australia, I mean, I I don't want to, you know, blow smoke up your ass, but, I mean, you've got to be top three if not the top wedding photographer in this country. Don't you think? No. No, (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, I I don't think I've got it sussed at all. Really? That's so weird. No, because I, I've never photographed a wedding super locally to me. Okay. Like, what do you, like, sorry, like, what do you mean by that? I've never photographed a wedding within probably 50 kilometers where I live. Oh, okay. Like you've never shot like down at the gong. No. Well, once before I lived here. Yeah, right. Okay. So, and, um, I mean, I'm shooting a lot in the Highlands, which I love. It's amazing. Okay. But I, I'm really, I think with this time with COVID, mm. I've really learnt the value of your local community. Okay. And I feel like we miss out as photographers. We're always, you know, going to people in all these random places mm. and we see people once. Mm. We don't live yeah. like next to the people who we see regularly if we're traveling constantly, right? Yeah. 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 So... I think having that local community and working in your local community is, is, mm. is actually such a blessing. Mm. Um, Do you think that's something you're going to yeah. try and, yeah. you know, 
Yes, do it. 100%. 100%. Yes. And that doesn't mean I won't be going to the Highlands. No, I love of the course. Highlands. It's close. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it's very close. Yeah. But I think it also means just having the kind of lifestyle where you can actually connect with people in your local community. Yeah. So. And know. cutting down your travel time. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. going into the big smoke, like when I first moved down here, three and a bit years ago, I was still shooting in Sydney. And I honestly, like the travel got to me. Like it's not that far, but it is. It's enough. It really is. Especially like if you have a family like you do, it really can get to like, oh my God, I have to drive an hour (laughs) and a half Mm. home. Mm. But you're right. And I, one of the things I love about living down here is that you kind of do know everyone on the street. (laughs) It is really nice. Yeah. So, well, I mean, good luck tapping into that local market. Mm. I think you'll be okay. <laughs> Just got to get don't everyone surf. to get married around here. <laughs> no, don't worry. I feel like oh. everyone surfs around yeah, here. And okay. I, I, yeah, no, I'd struggle to stand up. people. That's true. <laughs> and yeah. I struggle to just stand up on a surfboard on... Oh, join the club. Like, yeah. I can't even paddle bed. out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I guess I connected with a lot of local people because I have a old car and like other people have that's the same true. old car that's how i connected to two locals. old cars yeah i get yourself an old car i can lend you one please yeah you can take <laughs> can the I, beetle out can i put a surfboard on top yes oh, even more authentic yes even more authentic <laughs> even yeah. more this authentic have a plan surfboard, yeah you've got that. a plan you've got a plan actually so when my mum and dad met like you know 50 million years ago yeah <laughs> um my dad had a sports car yes and what was it a, do you know what it was mm, Sorry, I'm such a car person. I want to say it was an MGB. Oh, nice. I'm sure. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. And um, he he couldn't surf, but he thought it would look cool if he had, <laughs> had a surfboard, surfboard on it. <laughs> in, yeah, on, yeah, like, you know, sitting in the back seats kind yes. of thing. And yeah, he met my mum and it impressed her. <laughs> and I don't think he'd ever actually stood on that surfboard. <laughs> so I might be yes. a bit like that. Yes. I love it. Yes, blessed. One thing that I wanted to ask you that I'm really curious about do you still get nervous <laughs> before a shoot have you ever been like a nervous like you did were you nervous in the beginning oh, sure. do you still get yeah yeah definitely in the beginning um I would be like oh my goodness like I remember the feeling so clearly It'd be like <laughs> yeah I have a wedding coming up in 23 days <laughs> only 23 days away that far out oh my goodness I'm gonna yeah. die <laughs> it's very stressful you know very stressful and yeah like yes. it would Panic would set in like well in advance. Yeah. Yes. Um, because I just felt like I didn't have a handle on something, yeah. and something was going to go wrong. Yeah. These days, um, oh, actually, more recently, it's been more nerf nervous around my health because I haven't. Right. I've had a few health concerns, which mm-hmm. are starting to be resolved. Mm. So once again, this COVID thing's been great. <laughs> you look I've great, actually- by the way. You look Thank glowing. You. Thank He's you. Glowing, Radioactive he is glowing. from yeah, all of the <laughs> tra- international travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I've I've found out recently. I've got something called ankylosing spondylitis, which is, is a that? autoimmune oh. disease where it attacks your joints. Oh. But it can also cause inflammation in your gut and in yep. all of these different organs. And yep. it's made me really unwell for the last few years. Oh my god! And so there was always this thought of like, how am I going to go today? Like, I have to give these people one hundred and ten percent. But how am I going to handle this? I don't know what's going on. You know, yeah. But finally, yeah. as of five weeks ago, I finally have it. Yeah. Oh, so I think that's been a lot. A lot of the nerves have been linked to that. Yeah. But now I've got a wedding next weekend. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Because I feel so much better. I've dropped all this weight. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You look really yeah. good. Yeah. Thank you. you. No, you should. I like bravo. Should I put my shirt back on? <laughs> you should. 
I mean, <laughs> not with all that oil on you, you're gonna ruin. Yeah, <laughs> gotta get the, just get the baby oil off first, it'll be fine. <laughs> when you're like, do you just shoot the same amount of hours for every wedding? Is it like twelve hours, eight hours? Ten, like, generally. Gen- generally, ten. Not not always, but yeah. if what I found the kind of weddings that I'm often asked to shoot mm-hmm. and the different things that need to be shot in mm-hmm. that time, mm-hmm. it often works out around ten. Yeah, sometimes yep. less, sometimes more. Yeah. You got an assistant? Sometimes. Depends on the job. Sometimes I prefer just doing it solo. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice having someone there mm. to help with some of the logistical challenges if there are some. Like the wedding's in the city and oh, you yeah. got, got to worry about parking mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, mm. you need someone to help you with your bags. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, One thing that I really like about you is in an industry that is so deeply focused on tech and what camera we're shooting and all this kind of stuff. You have a really light kit. Like, yeah. you don't like carrying heavy shit. I don't either. Who does? <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, you have small lenses. Like, you quite you carry light, one might say. Yeah, for sure. Well, that, that came from when I was working at the local newspaper. The reason why I was working at the local newspaper is because the guy whose job I was filling in for, basically... Um, he'd hurt his back. <laughs> oh, right. He had, his, he had too much gear. Yeah, 100%. he had his Nikon... D1 or whatever it was back in the day mm-hmm. and his 7200s and yeah, he screwed his back and yeah. I remember him saying to me like try and avoid this if you can yes so I I've typically leaned towards the lighter kit mm, yeah. Mm. yeah I don't I don't Good like way. putting heavy big lenses on my camera that's why I like to think of myself as an assassin so yeah. I like sneak I'll get really close Instead Amazing. of staying far away and zooming in, I just don't dig that. It's more intimate. Yeah. It's so much more intimate. And like, it is hard sneaking as a five foot 10 blonde woman, but I try and make it work. <laughs> but I think the other but- thing is if you've got big, noisy camera gear. Oh, yeah. So the annoying. people that you're it's intimidating. Yeah, yeah, it is intimidating. Yeah. So if you're trying to get people to let their guard down and relax and not notice you as much and not notice the camera gear. Mm. You've got to kind of get the camera away from your face to start with so you can connect with them. Absolutely. And you can't get your camera away from your face if you're shooting 7200. Yeah. But you can if you're shooting 24. 100%. Because the just dropping the camera bit, you're gonna have basically the same composition. Yeah. Mm. Drop the camera bit with a seventy two hundred, you have no idea. You might be getting a close up of their crotch. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It doesn't work. Hundred percent. Very true. Speaking of your intimate style, um Mez sent me a link to a video on your website. Beautiful video about a wedding uh, that you did of a blind lady, a blind Stephen Rob. Blind yeah. blind. Blind bride. Blind um, blind. Yeah. Stefan Rob. Just tell us a little bit about how that came about and what you ended up shooting was incredible. So if you can, you can sort of talk about that as well and just how you sort of took yourself down that path. Yeah. Awesome. I love talking about this. So thank you for asking. No this worries. was probably one of the most fun um, projects. It uh, doesn't, uh, calling it a project doesn't really it's do it justice, but let me, <laughs> let me explain. So firstly, as I've mentioned a couple of times, grew up in Armadale. I'm down in New South Wales, little country town, officially a city, but everyone knows it. No, everyone knows everyone. Yeah. So Steph was at the same school as me for a while. Oh. So knew through knew her through school. Okay. Um, she became my landlord at the like she was the <laughs> awkward. You know, no, is that the right word? So she worked. Um, she worked at the real estate agent and was my like property, property, manager. property manager. Sorry, okay. not landlord. Property manager. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bought a car from her at one point. Um. I'd photographed her previously, done portraits mm-hmm. of her. Mm-hmm. 
and stayed in touch via Facebook, whatever, since she moved and I moved. And then, anyway, she called me one day and she said, James, I'm getting married. <laughs> and I'm like, amazing. She goes, we need to talk budget. And I'm like, no, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, no, well, I need to make sure I can afford you. And I'm like, you can. I'm zero dollars. But. Wow. But. Mm. You have a story that needs to be shared. I've been following you. You know, I know what's been happening for you. Yeah. You have a yep. story. And I want to do something with this. Mm. Right. With your permission. Yep. In exchange for me charging you nothing. I want to do something. Fantastic. Okay. And she went, done. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> cool. She couldn't like, say yeah. done fast enough. <laughs> yeah. And so then I'm like, all right, this is going to be the biggest challenge of my life. I have to somehow remind Steph of what it felt like on her wedding day. But I'm as a photographer with no pictures to show her because yeah. she can't see them. So Steph has zero visible, uh, zero useful eyesight. Mm-hmm. Okay. She can see some shadows and shapes, mm-hmm. but couldn't tell you what those shadows or shapes were. Gotcha. Just that there's something in front yeah. of her, maybe. Sure. Um, so I was like, "What am I going to do?" So ended up teaming up with a whole bunch of different people. I got videographers on board who were able to help me record audio from the entire day. I also um, teamed up with Vision Australia who were able to help me create um, tactile images Mm -hmm. where she could run her fingers over the images and they would read like Braille. Oh, fantastic. Um, And I also teamed up with her brother who he was like a textile design student. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ended up going to someone as well who was into essential oils and I basically put everything together and we created a multi-sens- multi-sensory experience for her where on the day we had 10 different fabrics and 10 different scents. Yeah. And we basically 10 different times throughout the day would have her interact with one of those. Right. So she would hold the fabric and yeah. the fabric would have a scent. Yeah. And someone, ah. so, so for example, she's just put, her mum's just helped to put the dress on. Mm-hmm. Her mum then hands her a piece of fabric right. that has a particular scent. texture mm-hmm. with texture, it also okay. a particular scent. Yeah. Uh-huh. And this kind of binds them to this moment, mm-hmm. links them to the moment. Mm-hmm. Then as well, my videographer friend was capturing the audio. So then what a photograph kind of ended up being for her was um, the sound. So we recorded the sound of what was happening in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah material to take her back the smell to take her back and then the, the, images. the, yes. the images that were sort of braille ish um yeah. so we ended up putting together for her i think pretty much a world first wedding album i've certainly that, never heard of anything like me it. either yeah. it's incredible in mm. the video. Um, where we put all of those things on the page so mm. there was the image there was the material there was the scent there was oh. also the audio. So as you would open up the page, oh my the God. audio would play automatically. Get and then out. when you change the page, the audio would play from that moment as well. Oh, my Lord. Beautiful. So, yeah. And how much um, sort of research did you need to do in terms of, you know, understanding those other sensory experiences and what, you know, how you could play with those and really make this something meaningful for her? A lot. <laughs> but ultimately, it came down to being connected to people who had abilities that I didn't. Yeah. Yep. So it wasn't necessarily that I did heaps and I yeah, researched yeah. heaps. Right. It was more yeah. You were curating f- this experience. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> Amazing. 
That's amazing. And I think that says a lot of, a lot about you as, as a photographer, because a lot of the time, and I work with a lot of people with disabilities, many different disabilities, and they get left out of things because people aren't willing to take the time Mm. to do the research and to go to maybe a bit more effort to be inclusive. Yeah. yeah. Have you had any other vision impaired brides after that who've kind of sussed you out and been like hey can you do this for me so i've I've had people from around the world message me and say hey can you help our photographer do this right um and so yeah i've spoken to a whole bunch of people about that and put them in touch with the right people Mm. um no one has contacted me and said hey can you do that for us Mm. which uh, if we were to try and do that be hard the cost man so i got sponsorship from sony to be Uh able to do a lot of it and then also i every people just donated stuff left right and center but if we were to try and do what we did again you'd be looking at 50 60 grand yeah which just isn't accessible however Mm. some elements of it are incredibly accessible so if anyone's listening to this who would like to um be able to offer anything like this for their clients or someone they know yes. who is vision impaired. Yes. Vision Australia, if you're on the books with Vision Australia, they will convert images completely free of charge wow. for any of their clients <gasps> to images through a machine called a it's called Prints in a Flash from memory. Right. So there's a special machine that will kind of half automate it and then there's, you know, the bunch of photoshopping things that you need to do yeah, to yeah. help prepare the image yep. or whatever. Yeah. But there is actually a service that they can do. That's great. Called Prints in a Flash. That's fantastic. And we'll put info. the we'll definitely put the links yeah. to that up on our show notes for sure. Yeah. And also like the essential oils and the fabric, that's such a low cost thing to do as well. Correct. Correct. So putting it all together, like the whole experience, was it took so much time and like I think that the main cost would have been the album mm-hmm. because there was so much like almost yeah. experimental technology like <laughs> 100%. in there. Yeah. yeah. So we actually had to weld, you know, um, little uh, battery things to this audio stuff yeah. and then mount them in, you know, behind cardboard and all oh this kind of gosh, jazz. And it was yes. a pretty big job. Um, what an experience though. And they're all, also the one cool thing that my album company did and, um, why I love these guys so much. They weren't just happy with an album that would play the audio for a while and then eventually die. Mm. So they ended up also making the each individual spread is actually wirelessly chargeable. Oh my god! So, <laughs> so it never runs out. So you can ch- well, recharge the yeah, totally. Because what's the point if in ten years, yeah, yeah. twenty years, yeah. they don't work anymore? I was yeah. thinking that in the back and of my head no actually point. when you yeah. mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. So there was just so much that went into it to ha- put together the finished product and then. Yeah, but if no, if anyone's listening and they need some help with it, I can put them in touch with. Yeah, and that video of the whole oh, thing is great. amazing. Who shot that? Was that? Yeah, so Lemon Tree Film House, okay. which is Shout out um, to them. a couple who are based on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. I have a really unusual question for you. I probably have an unusual answer. <laughs> okay, it, I I don't want to sound like I'm just like want digging for a cool answer, but have you ever had a wedding go totally balls? Why up? does everyone <laughs> ask this? Because it's like everyone's fear, and we want to know that you're human, James. Because <laughs> look, balls we up all, for James or just balls? No, up just generally? Ball, no, anything. Well, any balls? Um, I I've, ha- made, yeah. I've made some pretty stupid <laughs> mistakes. Oh yeah, we all have. We all have. Well, hey man, I I do shot tell. A, yeah, do tell. I shot a wedding once on a boat where the auntie um 
punched the father-in-law in the face. <laughs> and then they couldn't kick her out because it's a boat. Because a boat can toss her overboard. Yeah. And I was like, what have I gotten myself into? Wow. It was pretty funny. So sorry. Anything mm, like that. Reveal. Any, Look, yeah. out of out of respect for my clients, I'm <laughs> yeah, not going to like Jeez, you're good. share yeah. any, any stories no, that are no, no, incriminating. No. Um, but what I will tell you, one of the funniest ones, <laughs> wasn't funny at the time, but looking back was amazing. Mm. Was I was photographing a wedding in Bali, mm. and maybe this has turned me off wanting to do international <laughs> jobs. And, um, but I was shooting a wedding in Bali, and oh, I was dressed so casually, like looking. But I'm Bali. replaying this in my mind. <laughs> it was like fifty thousand degrees that day, and I remember saying to the couple, "Can I wear shorts and like a polo shirt?" And they're like, "Yeah, whatever." Anyway, um, feeling super unpro, shooting this really beautiful wedding, and. I was photographing a whole bunch of the guys tackling each other next to the pool because it was starting to get rowdy. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. And I ended up in the pool with them with <laughs> phone in my pocket, oh! camera like in my hand and just as I, just before oh. I hit the water, the camera like <gasps> ended up like I threw it and it landed on the side of oh. the pool, land snapped in half. Oh. Oh. This um, is giving me heart palpitations. Oh my God, I'm getting hot. Yeah. So basically... I I was done at that point. <laughs> I think I was meant to shoot for another half hour, but I was just I'm like, like, I'm good. I, I think, think I'm gonna go I to think my I've room. got everything. I think that'll do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty good if that's the if that's a that's a good balls up situation actually. That's quite good. That's better that's, that's a excellent. bit easier to deal with than someone punching someone in the face. Yeah. But I, I, I still can't get over the fact that this guy literally thought it was a good idea to pick the photographer up and <laughs> yeah. throw them in the pool. Yeah. So it wasn't me falling in or yeah. anything. It was literally Look, a guy went, yeah. hey, you can get involved too. Let's throw you in the pool with yeah. all of our friends' He may have been a camera. few beers in, Jeez. I'm thinking. God, what a save. That's a save of a century. Yeah. So there is actually Mid a video. Fall. Oh, my God. There's video footage of this. Yes. Um, and I don't know why, but the videographer who filmed it then put Hey Jude over the top of the film. <laughs> it's so rare. It's like, oh. Hey Jude. <laughs> and there's just me in slow-mo. Slow-mo like, doing the, the Superman oh. throw to save the day. It's hilarious. Yeah. And the photos were safe. Cause I, yeah, of my, course, yeah. Yeah, the thought was, I was like, if I don't get rid of, if I don't offload this camera, yeah, and it's the memory gone card the, fries. It's gone. Yeah, gone. it's gone in the drink. Jeez. So, yeah. Just to go a bit broader, because I'm re- always really curious as to what people think about their own industries. But for you as a wedding photographer, what what do you think, if any, are some of the sort of major issues that might be going on in your industry today besides COVID? <laughs> <laughs> like, is there anything about like the the side? There is there a side to the wedding industry that concerns you that you think needs to change and anything like that. There's a lot of comparison going on that's not helping people's headspaces. So, and I only start with that because I know that even myself, been doing this for 17 years, Mm. I still look at the guy who, you know, is shooting at the venue I want to shoot at, the wedding I wanted to shoot and I missed out and I'm like, oh, you know. So comparison between photographers as opposed to buyers. And and then I'm like, okay, so what are they doing that I'm not doing and should I – Mm. Should I try and be different so that, you know, should I be, should try and be more like them? So Reminds me of one of our previous episodes, man. Yes, the comparison, comparison complex. complex yeah, yeah, we did a whole episode on that. And and I think it's just not healthy and it's not fun. 100%. And mm. What do you do personally to combat that? Do you stop yourself <laughs> mid-thought and go, hey, that I'm me. That's what I do. 
Yeah, look, I don't think... I feel like there's this pressure when you're... You know, if you're being interviewed or something, you've got to pretend like you've got everything under control. Yeah, no, you don't have to pretend. Um, there, there. Look, right now, like I've got a particular photographer in my head where I'm like, man, I always compare myself to this (laughs) this dude. Really? And it's not, it's not actually that healthy or comfortable or fun, and it has done nothing for my business. Yeah, it's just held me back because it. You know, when when you sit here and reflect on it, and you go, actually. There are there are reasons that people would hire me over them. Mm. That in some ways I I have an edge in some in some ways. Yeah, of course. And yes. there's gonna be some people who that means that's enough reason for them to hire me. And there's gonna be some people who just go, you know what? Yeah. We prefer this yeah. other thing that they have that makes you know that gives them an edge. And I think I've just got to lean into the things that I can do better. That you yeah. know you can do better. You know what I mean? Like rather than trying to be everything to everyone. Yes, yeah. 100%. Is, is, is the wedding photography, is it a healthy community? Do you do you talk to a lot of other wedding photographers? Do you share ideas or anything like that? Or is it quite closed? You know, you know? I feel like it's getting more closed. Right. But I don't know if that's just me. I don't okay. know if it's just me not wanting to have as many conversations around wedding photography as much as I used to. Because I feel right. like earlier on, I was really keen to network and to hang out with yeah, all the photographers. thirsty for knowledge mm. as well. Mm. But now, if, like, if I'm being realistic, I'd prefer to talk about my garden. <laughs> yes. I'd prefer to talk about my little boy. Like yep. this is cool to a point to talk about wedding photography, but there are so many other things that I really enjoy. And, f- and I've realized that it can be all-encompassing. Mm-hmm. Being a photographer yeah. can be all-encompassing. Yes, yeah. it, it, because it's it a hobby be, yes. and job. Uh, yes, combined. it's a passion. It's a way of self-expression, but yeah. it's also your your bread and butter. Mm. And it is hard to separate that. It really is. Mm. So I guess like for us, I know for you and me, Toby, <laughs> we find inspiration mostly outside of photography. So what inspires you? Right your, now? Your garden, clearly. A, no, right now being a dad. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Like honestly, and I feel like I would cringe if I was listening to this. So <laughs> no, <much. laughs> own but, it. I love having a dog. I love being a dog mum. That inspires me. I know it's not the same as a child. So if I wasn't a wedding photographer, I would photo- right now, I would photograph families like exclusively. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because I I love being a dad. And so how that I guess translates into photography, more recently, if I see a, a father and son interacting at a wedding, mm. You'll Good luck trying to that. get me to capture anything but that. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, that's all I want to shoot because I'm like, man, these moments are so precious. So I would say, look, I don't sit there and watch films where I'm like, oh, look at the lighting and right. I'm going <laughs> to try and copy that. I'm just not, I'm not arty like that. I'm yeah, just not, right. I'm not creative. I'm not arty. No, it's about moments I'm, for you, isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah. And so I don't, you know, I'm not looking at. Everyone's creative, James. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I, I, it's funny because uh, you know, for outsiders always sort of say, "Oh, you know, you're so creative." I'm like, not really. I just, it's a very, try and document. It, it's a very subjective thing, that creativity. Yeah, yeah. It so it's a whole other conversation. Yeah, exactly. that's like a whole but, episode. Yeah. But so it's funny because when I hear you know people saying, "Oh, you know, I got inspiration from this painter from blah blah blah," and I'm going to try and create something in this that style, I'm like. I don't think I could be bothered. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I oh, don't. Is there, any, yeah. Is, is there anything that just makes you want to pick up your camera and go and shoot something at any at any time? Not necessarily a wedding, but any anything else. 
when there's when there's a good story to tell, for sure. Yeah, mm. obviously. Um, That's your newspaper training coming back. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously I love light, which mm. is such a generic response. But if there's some beautiful light, I'm so excited. I call yeah. I call it having a photogasm. Yeah. <laughs> when there's amazing light, yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And I can't speak yeah. fast enough to yeah. get out the direction that I'm trying to yeah. give. Yep. Because I just get so excited. I call that fr- I call that frothing. Frothing, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm frothing over this light. Frothin'. See, that's the because yeah. you live by the beach. You know that surfy vibe. Everyone's yeah. a frother. Yeah, everyone's a frother. Frother, mate. Oh, frothing. But no, I totally agree with you. I'm kind of like the same. Like I find inspiration in the simplest things, like walking my dog. You know what I mean? Like watching the ocean. Mm. I, and I try really hard not to necessarily look and compare other bodies of artistic work to connecting it to my own creativity I just try not to do that and I know like with us too like we we find a lot of inspiration in things like music and stuff like that and I think it is really important for any creative to have inspiration outside of what they do as a as a main body of work Mm. and a job like you need to so I think that's beautiful that your main source of inspiration is your son I think that's lovely it is it is right now yeah Yeah, for sure Mm will be for a long time i'd say i'd say so yeah <laughs> well james it's been absolutely awesome having you here and fascinating learning a bit more about you so thank you so much for coming in and sharing your stories yeah I'm, I'm frothing i'm frothing <laughs> this interview it's great well, i'm having a photogasm no yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you so much for coming in you're such a legend and hey now you know someone local hey. you can say hi to me on the street <laughs> i definitely will i'll probably like chase you around so just so that you know i can actually talk to someone yes <laughs> yes um yeah but where can awesome. people find you come on where can people find you yeah like my home address no because <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird what are you you're at jane what are you I don't know. I don't know either. I think you're at James Day Weddings. (laughs) We'll chuck it in the show notes. At James Day Weddings on Instagram, website jamesday.com.au. Sweet. Thanks again, James. Bet you might find me just walking around Winona. Let's do it. Thanks, James. Click, click, bang, bang, a photography podcast is produced by Meredith Schofield and Toby Farage. Oh, my God, that's us. It is us, Mez. But look, we're not the only two cool cats behind this thing, are we? No, our amazing branding is done by Jacqueline Ding, a.k.a. your better half, Topes. Definitely my better half. And the fantastic music that you're hearing. Let's just have another little listen. Sweet tunes. That fantastic theme was composed by our good friend, Simon Figuzzi, a legend of the music scene. Such a legend. You can subscribe to this podcast everywhere. Everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. It really helps people find our podcast. And you can check us on the socials at CCBB Podcast. We'll see you soon. Bye.